It's you against the evil mother brain in the thrilling battle of Metroid. Nostalgia, a chronological exploration of every NES game released in North America. I'm Mike. I'm Sean. I'm Joe. And I'm Sam. Guys, we got a big one today. That, how big? Uh, this is a this is pretty big. This is like the first uh, for this year of a of a series that we're going to continue to see again. You know, for a lot of, for a long time. Yeah, Super, no, I've heard of it. Yeah, Super Mario mm-hmm. Brothers last year was like that game that like of course yeah. everybody would look forward to, and I think. You know, there's a lot to look forward to this year, and we already had some big ones like Castlevania, Kid Icarus. Uh, some people might say Rygar, but uh, <laughs> some people will say right. that, Sean. I think it's a big one. All right. Uh, the interesting thing here, of course, is that Metroid and then uh, next week, Legend of Zelda, those two games kind of come back to back. And uh, one two punch, yeah, the one two punch of two, two of Nintendo's biggest franchises that uh, have seen different forms of love. From Nintendo throughout the years, uh, obviously Legend of Zelda does really well for the for Nintendo and the favorite child. Yeah, they sell it like uh, hotcakes, but it does not sell like hotcakes in Japan. I found out. Yeah, Whoa. it's a big North American one. Huh. Yeah, uh, whereas Metroid is also really just a big North American thing, but even more so. Like mm-hmm. we just really love sci-fi around here because the Japanese are apparently aren't having it because Metroid Prime, which is considered like a big game, sold well. They made Metroid Prime 2, and I think it only sold like 2 million copies, which I mean, like oh, only wow. 2 million. So but it's like, like not weeb enough then. Yeah, it's really not. Yeah, it's not doing it. <laughs> I, I can't believe you went there. <laughs> uh, and Miyamoto himself is just very confused about Metroid. He doesn't really like understand <laughs> why it's so popular. I, I read this whole thing about Metroid Prime's development with um, uh, Retro Studios. And they, you know, he came into the offices and kind of like talked to them and was just like, "Yeah, I don't really, I don't really get the deal with Metroid." <laughs> I, I, guess love, just, I love the comments from from these developers. Well, really he also is. like he wasn't like on board with making this game. Like he had no part mm-hmm. in it. So maybe it's just like, well, that's the one good NES game I didn't make. Oh, so yeah. he's probably a little jealous. At least. You should read the manual. It really goes into detail about what the deal is. Yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, not that. Miyamoto definitely not jealous. He's got plenty to be proud of. I just think it's funny that like some people in Nintendo just can't even understand this game. So let's uh, let's get into it. I'll talk a little bit about the plot of Metroid, unless anybody else wants to give it a go first, and then I can correct you. Um, oh, look confident there. <laughs> I mean, I can give you a... I mean, I'm not going to read the manual... But Maybe it, that's a job for Sam the Manual Smith. Yeah. What do you got, Sam? So this is the most ridiculous manual I've ever seen of, I think, any game. This is a 40, what is it, 46, 48 page, 48 page manual with backstory, with character art, with tons of stuff in it. Uh, not going to read the whole thing. Please don't. <laughs> Do, all right, here it's we out go. Of the, it's out of like I said, please, at first, and I was like, someone's skipping the chapter so, right now. <laughs> all right, so the premise of it is that there is a galactic federation that is just helping, you know, future citizens of space live in peace. And space pirates exist in this universe, 
and they have taken over this. I like how you didn't specify that a galactic federation exists in this universe, <laughs> but, but the, you the felt the need pirates. to be like, but space pirates do. <laughs> Well, well, it's a given yeah. that a federation yeah, would form. Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. a galactic right. federation. You're going to have a federation. Would, eventually, we will have <laughs> yeah. a galactic yeah. federation. Yeah. But then there's also, of well, course, going to be you know, piracy. It's not, like, it's not a utopia here. Yeah. You know? okay. It's yeah, not yeah, a yeah, utopian yeah. Uh, federation. Uh, there are outliers. Um, so, yeah. The, so, the, you're going to keep going? Yeah. You're taking a little bit of time here. Basically, space pirates found this thing that they that the federation called Metroid, which can wipe out civilizations, and it's like a parasite thing that can be harnessed and they believe that's what happened to this one planet and so they send bounty hunters that's how they deal with the space with the space pirates they send bounty hunters that's just yes. like a thing um they send the best bounty hunter in the world samus aran to this planet to get him and find out what the deal is but the, i think the interesting thing is in the whole manual they call samus a he Yes, yeah, really? they, they are very yeah. particular about uh, not not specifying anything. In fact, uh, I think I have something. Yeah, it, it doesn't say, uh, when it comes to the identity, it says that Samus' identity was shrouded in mystery. Mm -hmm. But the booklet also says he, in fact, uh, on page seven alone, it says he six times. Yeah. Wow, you counted. So, <laughs> Sam, we're doing, uh, Sean, we're doing good research here, okay? It's great It's very research. important that we give the full story. So speaking yeah. of the the full story, Sam covered the story part of it, but I'll give you a little bit of the making of here. So of course, Alien. Metroid is one of the <laughs> very first uh, Famicom Disk System games, and it comes with the ability to save, and has extra sounds, which I hate. I, I've listened to the extra sounds, and they don't sound anything familiar to me at all. Like the things I love it when you get an item in this game, you know, because the sound is like so, yeah. Yeah. you know, like you feel like you've been rewarded. And then when I hear this version that adds like just a couple of extra tunes here and there to, <laughs> yeah, to like, my favorite track, yeah. I'm like, that's weird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just, it's just interfering with your nostalgia for it. Yeah. And you know, the weirdest thing I thought about this, the weirdest thing about it is that Nintendo since then has gone with the American version. If you think about it, like that, that track has always sounded the same. It never had the, the Japanese elements added to it again. I guess I mean if it's if it's so much more popular in America, why would you know? Right, I why guess, go for yeah. the less popular. It's just an version, interesting yeah. design choice I noticed because there's a couple of extra like bars to the item pickup right. sound Do that just don't exist. Was the disc system more gimmicky than not? No, the disc and... system just had the ability to have like it basically had an extra right. But do you think layer. it was more like oh well we have we have this extra thing so we have to use it for something right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah totally. but it wasn't. Yeah. Like, I feel like it's as yeah. if it, in an alternate timeline if um. If Disney decided to re-release the original trilogy of Star Wars without all of George Lucas's goofball shit in the background, yeah, uh, <laughs> right. yeah, 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 yeah. And Sam, for the record, uh, all the Famicom Disk System games kind of had had that extra flair to them. Uh, we talked about Kid Icarus having those extra channels, and Legend of Zelda has it too. Uh, and we'll talk about that next week. But Legend of Zelda's, I think, actually work in their favor. The extra channels. It's oh. almost like you're playing like a a 16-bit game when you hear those uh, extra uh -oh, sound dear. effects. Hmm. Yeah, so made on the Famicom disk system, of course, we only get the password uh, system for hours. We don't get uh, the, the ability to save. And it was originally known as Space Hunter. And uh, that game would be would eventually be made, and it kind of is similar to Metroid, but not entirely, but it only comes to the Famicom, so we probably won't be talking about it here. So they just took, like, the name and all of the... So they took the name and made a new game out of it? Yeah, they took the name, made a new game out of it, and it's kind of similar to Metroid, so I imagine maybe when it was being called Space Hunter, they were working on that idea and then decided to scrap it. Interesting. Along with some of the ideas. 
But I will tell you that having seen footage of Space Hunter, it's, it's, it's nowhere on that level of okay. Metroid. It's not. <clears throat> they're not similar games. Uh, so the team was Sakamoto, who, of course, we all remember he, on this. He was the artist and uh, kind of like a producer. He, he was also from Wrecking Crew and Kid Icarus. Uh, and ringing any bells, Sakamoto? Ringing some, yeah, ringing some bells. Okay. Uh, Gunpei Yokoi, he was the producer, and that's the guy who made the Game & Watch and the Game Boy and, and Donkey Kong. Boy. And he was basically like all their bosses. Like He was just like the head of that whole division. Uh, we have Hiroji Kiyotake, who uh, was the character designer, uh, and he was also the character designer for Kid Icarus. Hirofumi Matsu, Matsuka, Hirofumi Matsuka, the background designer, which is like, I had to point that out because it's like, what backgrounds really? That's true. Like, you know, the, the black darkness. Yeah, yeah there's a <laughs> lot of black like, darkness. and everything? But or? I guess, yeah, I guess like everything that isn't the character models themselves, he right, probably took right. care of. I like the bubble, the bubbles, like on yeah. that certain bubbles. area. But yeah. they're kind of interactable, right? Yeah. Not really background, but I guess that's counts. Not can, all the, we can, not we all the bubbles into like are one specific job. You can't just assume all bubbles are interactive. That's true. Uh, <laughs> interactive bubbles are the best kind, though. Uh, and uh, Satoru Okada, who was the director for Kid Icarus, he comes back and directs Metroid as well. Oh, okay. So that's the team. And um, Tanaka did the music, and he was also the Donkey Kong squeaky guy. <laughs> He's the voice so, actor that provided yeah, the squeak. He does the squeaky Kong. sounds that Sean hates, <laughs> and also like many other NES launch games that we're not going to talk about here. So it's a pretty stacked team, if you yeah. think about it. They really put yeah. a lot of their best on it. Uh, Nintendo R&D won. It's strange that they have such a mixed relationship with it, then, if they have all of their like, all-stars on this, on this team. Yeah, well, we'll get into that later. I don't want to talk too much about development at the beginning of the show, but okay. you'll kind of see that it does become a little bit of a shit show uh, oh. down the line. <laughs> wow, that's the, the, that's the industry term for... No, nowhere near Kid Icarus levels. I highly recommend you go back to that level and <laughs> check out that development chapter, because Kid Icarus just became... Like, do you guys remember? Like, they took away that guy's honeymoon. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> they spelled his name wrong in the credits, like... Things got crazy. gameplay guys at its core metroid is just a game where you play as samus aaron in a side scroller where you can choose to go anywhere do anything as long as you have access to it and collect items along the way to find the space pirates being ridley craid and Mother Brain, uh, the order kind of gets however you'd like to do it. I mm -hmm. think Mother Brain always yeah, comes last, right, but Ridley and Kraid, you can kind of interchange. If you're really good at the game, you'll go to Ridley first. Otherwise, I highly recommend having a ton of missiles <laughs> stacked up. But yeah, that's the goal is you got to collect the power ups. Not all of them. You don't have to collect all of them even, but you want to collect as many powers as you can to fight these villains, to take down the Mother Brain and stop the Metroid invasion. Yes. Um, so how does the game play? How do, don't give me like how it plays. I meant like what? What was what your impression of it? Um, I I think that it's it's the most polished game to date. I, I think in terms of like the uh, the action platformer. Um, there we've sort of watched it try and find itself for a while, and finally there's this sort of like baseline prototype that seems to work good. Um, 
And it also, uh, I think I've, I noticed like the most like nuanced, like tutorial, like, or at least like baked in tutorial in this game than any game I've played so far. Yeah, let, let's talk about the tutorial real fast. And I, I want to talk to Joe about this one because you had an interesting experience. Yeah, yeah. But I'll talk to you about that after. Okay. Uh, first, let's explain what this tutorial is. So essentially, every game you go in has so far taught us that you must go right unless yeah. you're playing in Kung Fu, which for some reason says go left. And there is... Uh, <laughs> I, I, yeah, exactly. I, I would like to point out that I don't know if, if we're... Uh, if we've all watched this. Um, but Mark Brown on YouTube has a, yeah. a great video about this. Uh, I hope we put that in the show notes. Oh, we will put that in the show notes. Yeah. It's a great breakdown. He did a whole series on Legend of Zelda, and now he's doing a, a second season of Boss Keys on the Metroid uh, series. And basically, at the very start of the game, you, you can go right for quite a while, yeah. explore all you want, learn how to use your gun, jump, all that stuff. But sooner or later, you're going to come to a point where <laughs> you are just blocked you see this little hole opening you try to go through it and you realize you can't so the game a large human the game forces you to go left and that isn't the brilliant part of this tutorial by any means <laughs> because that would be weird like oh in this game you must go left like, that's <laughs> right. Right. how to go left <laughs> when you go to the left you'll find the morph ball and you the morph ball allows you to slip through in between those little cracks and thus the greatest part of the tutorial is that it teaches you that this game is about collecting power-ups to solve the problems that are presented before you if you can't get through a door or or you can't get through a space, or you think you're stuck, you have to try everything in the room and everything that's available to you before you consider yourself stuck. Yeah, and I think, like, it's... It, we, we we laughed about it, and I know that it's been done in other games, like Kung Fu and even Rygar, which had that open-world-ish setting as well. Um, but, like, just the idea of, oh, I, I can proceed to the left or the right or down or up and still be making progress in some way is still sort of new. Right. So Joe, uh, talk to me about how you played that opening. Yeah. So I started, I, I think I went right for like a, like a minute and you come to a door pretty quickly and you can just shoot through the door. I, I just didn't try that. I didn't think of that. I was like, Oh, maybe I'll go back. Maybe I missed something. And I went back and went to the left. <laughs> Jumped Classic over. Joe move. Maybe I missed something. Yeah. Like I shouldn't be progressing. I, I, ju I jumped over the you know the thing and got the morph ball, but I didn't know that I got the morph ball. So I was like, "What was that? Was that health or was that?" I was like, "I didn't know what that was." Then I went over and I was like, "Oh, a spot. Let me duck." And I'm like, "Oh, cool. You can you can morph into a ball in this game." I didn't know that what I had just collected had given me that ability. So I didn't really know that you were collecting things until I got the rockets, which was later on. And then I started to realize like, oh. God damn maybe the, it, maybe Joe. The more, <laughs> hey, I think I beat the game. What, I think I broke the game. What a pure commentary from Joe, though. Like, like fans of the fans of Metroid and fans of the show, because most of the fans of the show have played Metroid, will know that this is Joe's honest God, first time playing this <laughs> yeah, game. Never, because he never said before. things. He said things like rockets. <laughs> what, are, what are they called? Missiles. Missiles. <laughs> what, what is the I know there's no difference, but like they've always been called missiles in the like 14 Metroid games that exist. You know, it's like it's just like a staple of the series. I like it. No, there's I'm saying a, like a, this is proof a that level you of. Uh, I feel like there's a status I haven't reached of right. Metroid fan no, 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 no. that I gotta get well, into. You didn't really grow up with Nintendo, right? I well, had yeah, an NES yeah, growing yeah. up, and then at that point moved on to moved on to PlayStation. Gotcha. But, uh, like but yeah, I will people. be calling a lot of things the wrong things throughout the episode. <laughs> and and Sam, what is what is your experience with Metroid? Uh, I played Metroid Prime. Okay, and that's it. 
Wow, okay, so you yeah. come from like a totally different background of Metroid where you're only used to the 3D version. Yeah. How did this How did this very first entry-level well, 2D thing handle for you? I had seen people play Metroid before. Sure, it's Super, hard to escape. Super Metroid, and so, you know, I, I know what it is. Uh, but I thought that it was, it, it felt cool, you know? It feels cool before it gets frustrating, but there's... Uh, I think that one thing that they really nailed this time, which they did with Super Mario Brothers, is the jump. I think the jump again is really satisfying and you can, you know, you can tap it lightly for a small jump and your character is really floaty, which gives you that outer space feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's almost, there is kind of like a zero grab. If you think about how many flips she's doing in the air. Yeah. It's like yeah. there must be some yeah, kind of zero like, gravity. You get like a moon like, gravity. That's got to hurt after a yeah. while. You're doing like eight front flips every single time you jump. Yeah. And so I think that the jump really helps make the game and you know you think samus you think about the weapons but i think that the jump was really like it couldn't be a good game without a a satisfying jump for you is this game more about action exploration or platforming uh for me it's about not getting hit okay but uh because you can't really do any of it without that but i guess that's more because i'm new and bad but i would say i would say more exploration because you know, you just get lost. But a lot of it's just you manage to barely get to the end of a corridor and then you can't progress anymore and so you got to go back. And yeah. Sean and Joe, any any additional thoughts on action, exploration, or platforming? Obviously, it is all three of those, but which one were you kind of feeling as you were playing through the game? Well, I'm, I'm going to go more on exploration as well, uh, simply because, like, this is a, a very different feel for me in terms of any game I've played with Samus in it because up until this I hadn't really given more than five minutes to a Metroid game other than uh like with for Smash like okay. I, play, I play with her as Smash and um that was all I really knew of of Samus until I popped I popped this in and it's just a it's sort of like a mood whiplash you're going from this really quick like twitch environment to uh oh now I'm like walking down a dark hallway and falling down this crevasse and I have to like I have to take my time and like try to explore yeah so I'd I'd say exploration I think I kind of live somewhere between exploration and platforming because my my initial thought about the game was that the movement was so good and and like Sam was saying the jumping was so good I feel like the platforming really kind of like shone shined shone shined I think shined Um, is the right word but uh, see, I won't, even, I won't even get real words right, not even just Metroid <laughs> words. Um, but then I, I also kind of like my, my first thing that I was thinking about this game in general was it, it might be a little silly to compare, but it was giving me a little bit of a Gradius feel as far as like the level of polish. I want to hear more. Of like, like, like just as far as like Gradius was our first, what is it, a shmup yeah. uh, that kind of had that level of polish and that level of like the look of it and also just like the motion of it. And I feel like this is not the first, but the first in a while platformer that we've had with that same level. It feels like that level of care and that level of thought was put into it. Right. The power-ups and the the movement and everything. Yeah, I think, I mean, we should talk about the power-ups and just the progression in general, guys, because uh, if there's one thing this game does, oh, you know, like probably really well is the ability to make you feel like you're actually getting stronger throughout. We had a big complaint about this with Rygar, if you yeah. guys remember, mm-hmm. where it was like, okay, I'm getting these power-ups, but they're only useful in, like, one situation. Right, right. After, like, getting 
strong for a while and like you know having more energy tanks and more missiles and uh i think like the wave beam is one that like really helps you feel powerful once you like go back and start with a new file you realize like wow this is a this is a tough place for one person to be you know like you only have like 35 energy everything's coming out to get you it's like how did i how did I survive at first right. without all this gear? It, it it nails the feel of having a super suit. Like it nails the feel of having like a like a robotic super suit and still like feels challenging and still feels like you're you still feel like you're the underdog in the situation. Well, that's what I like about it too is that uh, because the progression is kind of locked behind like hey you got to make sure you get this thing, but still allowing you to explore like other worlds or other areas within that world. You know, you can go to Norfair or um, Brian Star. Well, Brian Star's where you start, but you can go to Norfair or Torian. Like those, those places are available to you. But a lot of things that happen there are just like really hard. Like enemies take forever to die. Yeah. If you, you know, if you just go in down to Norfair, that's the purple one. If you just go in there, you could get killed easily. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I got well, not one shot, but it was it was quick when I I ducked and I'm like, oh well, I guess I'm not going there anytime soon. Right, and then right. fast forward and you get all your power ups and you're like, hey, I'm ready to deal with this place. Yeah, and I think another thing that makes you feel more powerful in this game is I, all of the like you don't just fall into pits and die in this one. Like, yeah, if you fall there's actually into, no pits, right? Yeah, yeah. like uh, that's what I mean. Like, if you fall into lava, you would think like. Oh, you're like the entire game is gonna like pause, and then your character is gonna do a, a silly face and fall right. off the screen. Uh, no, you just sort of like take damage for a while, but then you can get back up. Like, like that sells the power suit. It's not suit even thing. that much damage, also. No, it, it doesn't. It's like, it's like one damage per not set, like half second that you're in there, which and is I, less than yeah. enemies do. And I think that's one of the, the parts of this game that is a lot more forgiving than a lot of like the Nintendo games we've played so far. Yeah, I think. While there are a lot yeah. of pl- parts of this game that are not so forgiving. Giving. I have to I have to interrupt for a second because you, you couldn't be more spot on with what you're talking about because uh, Sakamoto and uh, Kiyotake gave an interview for Nintendo when they were releasing the NES Classic for Metroid with the 30th anniversary and everything and they said that they were trying to make what Super Mario Brothers didn't have. So <laughs> the Nintendo employee asks, bottoms of pits. Yeah, like what Super Mario Brothers didn't have, like what? And Kiyotaka answers, as a simple example, you know how Mario slides a little bit before stopping? So we tried to make a dead halt. <laughs> right? And it's like, and I thought like, wow, that is a very obscure answer, yeah. but not unlike Nintendo employees. They explain it's why more, they're doing it's that. It's a much just, more vertical game. But so then that makes goes sense. In, yeah, and then goes into, but the real point, uh, you know, trying to make what Super Mario Brothers didn't have was they were like, well, Mario's trying to avoid the enemies. Why do I have to avoid the enemies? <laughs> you know, like I, the idea, you know, and it could have been a one hit or two hit kind of thing where like Samus, you know, the first time you get hit, you lose your armor. And then yeah, the second time well, you get hit, you die. You know, it's like <laughs> that could have been a thing, but they chose to make it a health based system because yeah. they didn't want to have, you know, you locked around the idea of like everything is dangerous and I need to get yeah. out of here. They wanted you to give some powers some yeah, feel yeah. to like I'm gonna explore the nooks and crannies and not be so afraid of taking a hit because I gotta get close to my enemy is this the first game where we've had like a like an actual large value as our health instead of like not just like a, a one two three like one hit two hit three hit but like actually like a large value that's well, good no, I think, yeah. B- between like Castlevania which had at least like 20 bars that's and then, true that's and true but it's got... still a health I, I mean just like that's a health bar and now we just have like a number well that's yeah um, like, we recently played uh, the the other shmup the, there's another shmup 
Oh yeah, Section Z. Section Z had like energy in the. I mean, you could. When oh, you got right, hit right, yeah, by yeah. things, you still died, but you could take a bunch of bullets. That's, right, That's the yeah. first example of of a numbered thing. I'm yeah. surprised you actually remember that. That was that was good for you to remember. But I think uh-huh. one thing that Joe mentioned. <laughs> <laughs> one thing that Joe mentioned is the large number. Like that's something that we haven't seen before because right. you can you could be in any of those games and like yeah like. Some of them are like 16 hits, and that feels great. But towards the end of this game, you could have 500 energy, and or more even, 500 energy, and that takes a while to deplete. Mm-hmm. The problem is, is that once it depletes yeah. that first time, good luck yeah. ever getting it back. Five hours to grind and get, yeah. your, and get your energy back up. Energy is a huge problem in this game. It's my first official problem with Metroid. I'm, you know, uh, I, I will have some more. But since we've been so nice to the game, I'm going to get a little critical for a second and talk about how I don't really like the energy system, if only because en- enemies take more damage than they give. Uh, a lot of enemies that you get hit by well, then, if you like receive energy from them, you won't get back enough energy. Oh, so to... they give they, they deal more damage to you than they yeah, give out. Right, exactly. And on top of that, not everyone is guaranteed to give you energy, which is fine. Not you know, it shouldn't just be a free health game. But you know, this isn't free healthcare. But <laughs> whoa, <laughs> but hot take. You know, the Galactic Federation should give us all healthcare. <laughs> but the uh, what I was talking about is the idea that once you have 500 energy tanks, like five energy tanks and 500 health, and then you go down to like, or even just restart your game, put it in, the, put in the password, and spawn back at the beginning. You spawn with only 35 health. Wait, the, with oh, the, so the, the, the oh, energy yeah. bars don't stay filled. You will never fill those things back up. I don't care. Like, you need so much time to fill up 500 energy in this game. And I know about those bugs that come out of the very similar looking warp pipes. You know? <laughs> yeah. They do kind of look like warp pipes. I think they're air vents. In I know the about those bugs that yeah. come out of that and you shoot them and they're pro- most likely going to give you health. Like, one in three times yeah. they're going to give you health. But. Joe, how much is it? Like four? Yeah, I found that very helpful at the beginning when I had 99 health. And I could sit there for it. It still took me like six minutes. So yeah, amplify that by times five. I do not have the time for that. No. You don't have 30 minutes to get back to 500 health because that's how I'm going to take down Ridley. And also (laughs) in those little areas, there's usually more stuff going on than just those little air events. There's usually stuff flying at you. That's taking away health as you're trying to gain it. That that was the thing that happened to me a couple of times where I'd said, oh, okay, I'll just, I'll just post up in front of this little air vent thing, shoot these bugs and get health. And meanwhile, I'm getting attacked by a bunch of other stuff. And also, when you want to go get the health, you have to stand on the air vent, but they don't stop coming, you know? So, <laughs> you have to jump and grab yeah. it. So I, I was getting hit as I was trying to get the health yeah, from well, the yeah, guys. Yeah, you got to plan it. Yeah, I was yeah. leading them to wait until they got close to me. And then hit him, so then the health. But that's just, that's just too long. So Sam, yeah. you talked about the the verticality of this game. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of um, vertical scrolling instead of horizontal. But but I mean, both of them are there. I I just want to talk about map layout in general. You know, we don't have to get specific about like the map layout of Brinestar versus the map layout of Norfair. But like, what did you guys think of the map? Well, one, the fact that there is no like visual map is something that as a player in this day and age, I find very frustrating. Uh, I'm not really a mental map kind you of didn't, guy. You didn't try graph paper. No. no well, I know I'm that, joking. I'm I mean, like like, that, that is a valid thing to do, but I, I'm not expecting anybody to bust out the graph paper and map it I, and, out. And I guess like I could have just pulled up like a PDF of the map on my computer. But and is that fun? It's not. Yeah, and I, I, 
And I know that, like, and I know that, oh, but what, okay, so you've got it in the game, is that, is that fun either? But, like, at least show me what I've, I've explored yet. I know that they did, they did fix that, or at least add that in the remake for the GBA. Yep, and even uh, Super Metroid, uh, which would be the next console game for Metroid, even Super Metroid does have it where, exactly as you're describing, where you don't get to see the rest of the map, only the areas that you've actually touched. Yeah, And, and not saying that this is necessarily necessarily a good thing but i think that what to me it felt like what they're trying to go for is like yeah you're lost in this place like i think i feel like it was going for the feel of like you're lost and i did start to feel like after a while i was starting to get like it's like oh okay i know where i am because basically and like that was kind of a cool feeling to like yeah. be familiar with an area but yeah and like at a certain point a map would definitely be helpful, yeah. or even if, if there was like a map pickup that you can find. Yeah, exactly. because there's a, like, only a couple places in this game that have truly uh, re- memorable landmarks. Um, like the, I guess I, I want to call it like the the throne, the statue room, or yeah, yeah. or the like the big face, or or the places where you get the uh, the power ups from. Uh, all the elevator rooms. All the elevator rooms. Like, mm-hmm. th- there aren't enough of them. Like, you you will recognize certain, like, platform arrangements, but, like, you, you right. gotta have really yeah, good memory. Yeah. It's more, some of the, it's some more of the, the vertical rooms wind up would, being the big problem because, you you know, you have you, a lot of those, and yes, there's, like, a little bit of color coding to them, mm-hmm. but you also have to kind of remember, like, how high up you are. In, yeah. Like, you know, like, oh, should... Because if you drop down... That's not a dropping down isn't a big problem. Yeah. Coming back up takes forever. Mm-hmm. That's my problem with the verticality of the game is that it's a lot of nothing going on. They didn't populate that area with anything too interesting. It's just those yeah. little, little sea urchins things. Things. Yeah. that fly back and forth. And the sea urchins who kind of crawl around it. Yeah. I'm talking about also the guys who are impervious and yeah. block your way as they scroll through one side. I one time was like very high up and dropped and just kept dropping and i and my will to play dropped a little i was like maybe i should just die right here and start back at the beginning because i'll get closer to the part of the map i want to be to yeah makes sense so that's a uh, that's critical number 2 for me that's point number 2 uh okay so nobody tried to map this thing out is that what i'm understanding i didn't i i looked up a map i was that guy so. i did try with some graph paper mm-hmm. and uh i liked it I like the feeling. I feel like it, that's not cheating because, you know, what's stopping Samus from doing that in the game, right? Like oh, That is not cheating. cheating. I don't know why you even had that thought. No, you know what I'm saying? No, yeah. it's like, yeah, you know, that doesn't Samus ruin the imagination. No. Like, she, she would have had that. Right. I, don't, I, I think you're role-playing now. <laughs> right. I don't, think, I don't think it's cheating, but I do think it's not something... It's just something that now Nintendo can't claim as part of, like, a good part of the game. Because, like, no, you had to go do that yourself. It wasn't yeah. in the game. And like. there are some ROM hacks that do fix that, by the way, mm-hmm. that add, like, a map to it. And I think I, that's really neat that they managed like to... Even at the same the same time, like, even, yeah, even within that, yeah. There's, yeah. A, there's, a, there's a bunch of Metroid ROM hacks, too, which I'm not going to get into here, but they're all very interesting, and I'd at least suggest Googling them and seeing what they do, because some people have gotten very creative with the ideas. Interesting. I, I think it's interesting, though, this, like, idea of drawing a map out, because I've heard about that for this game and for Zelda also yes which we're gonna see next week uh and yeah I, I don't know i feel like you always hear stories of people talking about the maps or they'll find their old map or something um and i, I don't know it's just like it's kind of refreshing in a way yeah you as an artist still, that would have still expected frustrating. something yeah but 
<laughs> yeah, I would have thought yeah. you know because you could go to town on this. You could even like yeah, but then label. you're not playing the game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. you're just developing a game. At yeah, that point. and not to go in about another game here too, but so I don't think it's necessarily cheating in this game. But my my mind kept going to like, why have I thought about this before as cheating? And I think it was if in a game like Kid Icarus, where you find tools that give you the map. I think somebody said like, oh, you could just draw the map yourself. And that's when I think it's cheating because it's so an because, item in the game. Because no. it's an item in the game, and you're 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 sidestepping it by doing it in real life. But you don't need but that in, item. Like you can find your way. Yeah, without I feel like, it. You, but Joe, if you were walking through the woods, right, and you were genuinely lost, sooner or later you're gonna start right. building a map in but, your. I, like, so yeah. I'm saying, I think in, in, this in Metroid, it's not cheating. But in in uh, Kid Icarus, because the game. If you if you want to have a physical map in front of you, the game gives you those tools, but they make it a challenge. So if you are like going off and like just making your own map, you're skipping the challenge that they we're going to have to talk next that. week that, that, when yeah, another game that, gives you a map. I, I don't know. It, like if, if that's if that's a part of the game is like oh you want the map you have to you have to find the map. I was like no I'll just make my own map. So well, yeah, but then why be even program it into the game? Well, I mean, I think it was used as like, I mean, it's it's a helper. It's it, it's yeah, for right. people that don't want to write. It's a not map. like I'm drawing my own ending. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, you know, like I don't know. They I, have an ending I in the game. I thought it was like it's like it's like a, a power up. If, if it's a it's a power up. I even don't. I don't you know, feel like you're wrong. I don't feel like you're wrong. I'm not. I'm not. I, I'm I saying like I'm playing like devil's advocate against you because yeah, yeah. I think it's so. It's such a fun idea that you've brought to the table here. That <laughs> collecting the map would be wrong, and I would love the idea that the space pirates just like left a map. They're like you know like here's where mother brain is. Right. Like, like I, th- I think yeah I think if there was a map option in Metroid and then you went and just draw your own map you're kind of sidestepping what they put in the game to help you get there but since there's no si- map option, you're giving yourself extra work I, I think that's the opposite but, of but is it work or is it just gameplay that's part of the game <laughs> like I don't know man like at that point you're just questioning game, whether or not the game that game mechanic is fun I mean this game is basically just going through a maze you know that is the game when it comes down to right. it so I, I don't know I think you can kind of treat it however you want if you want to be the guy that you know, if you guys have gone to a corn maze, there's like you can carry a flag with you in case you need help. You know, you <laughs> okay. can like raise the flag up. They have that. This sounds like yeah. something they would put in like a modern day two yeah. Metroid game. Where yeah, that I would mean, be they, fun. They did do in fun. Metroid Two: Return of Samus for the 3DS. What they did do, or Samus Returns, that was they changed the name. It, it bothers me because <laughs> the Game Boy game is called Metroid Two: Return of Samus, and then it becomes Samus Returns <laughs> in in 3DS version. But in that game, what they do is they have like a power up where you can just like. As long as you have enough meter charged up, you can just scan the area nearby you for the rest of the map in that portion. Yeah. And then, like, now you know everything within, like, a, you know, say a 30-block radius, right? Mm-hmm. And then you get to the next part where it's, like, all of a sudden, it's, like, oh, no, I don't have any part yeah. of the map. Better explode my body and scan everything <laughs> yeah. again. It's, like, I don't know if the scan, like, you can turn it off for the record. They're they're totally aware that nobody would want that, and they've made it optional. You right. don't have to do anything that involves, like, progression. Like EXP progression. Pokemon. Yeah, exactly. They're aware that some people just don't want to do that. But it's, like, once you make it an option in your game... Yeah, that's how it's I am. hard to not, not yeah. use yeah. a tool. That's how I am with EXP sharing Pokemon. I, I hate that it's there, but I'm yeah. like, oh. Wh- and so I think, like, what this comes down to, to bring it back to Metroid <laughs> on the NES. <laughs> yeah, we've gone to is, Kid Icarus, to Pokemon, or just all right. over the place. What this comes down to is it's half the limit, the memory limitations of this game did not allow them to put in a map. And the other half, they didn't want you to put in a map because they actually wanted you to, like, 
explore and feel lost in this world. Right. This was not yeah. supposed to be a game, and, and I didn't do it this way, and I hope none of you guys did, and I'm sure a lot of our viewers at home didn't play it this way, is it's not a game that you sit down and say, tonight I will beat Metroid. <laughs> you know, like, I'm going to start a file, and I'm just going to go and beat it. You can do that with Super Mario Brothers. You can do that with almost any NES game we really talk. Gradius, you could do that in a, in a sit-down. You should do that in a sit-down. When, when we're talking about Metroid, all of a sudden it's like, no, they, there's a password system for a reason. Right. Like, this is going to take some time. Yeah. Yeah. If you rush through this game, you're really not going to enjoy right. it. I can spoiler alert that for you, right? <laughs> right off the bat, that's a flag for me. If you're trying to beat this game in one sitting and you're not a speedrunner, you're going to wind up being like, well, this mechanic's dumb, this mechanic's right. dumb. No, it's just... Yeah, you're meant you to just, learn and explore and exactly. kind of grow with it. Yeah. So that, that, that's... Uh, I think critical that's cool. in favor, point number one. I think it's cool also <laughs> that you brought that up because I feel like a lot of, at least earlier NES games, had kind of fake longevity to them where it would just be like the arcade longevity where yeah. it just kind of gets harder until just you give up. the same four levels and then faster. Yeah. To but be I, fair, a lot of those games were just also arcade ports. Yeah. Yeah, but I don't know. I think this is one that kind of is able to do that. Like, you know... Super Mario Brothers did that by having lots of levels. Mm. This has just one level, but it's still able to give you that sense. And yeah, I, I yeah no, I agree completely. And I think that this is one of the first times since a game like Kid Icarus, you know, which just came out, you know, recently for us. But like, that's another game that like feels home console even today. Yeah. I wouldn't expect to play that in the arcade. Super Mario Brothers, I could expect that now in the arcade. You know, like, it's not that hard to play 32 levels that are relatively short. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, but a game like Kid Icarus or Metroid, and to some extent, Rygar, though there was a arcade version of Rygar, but it was nothing like that. Yeah. Uh, those three games, it's like, I don't, exp those are home console experiences, and I'm really happy to have them on my NES. Good. <laughs> you know, like I think that that they're the first kind of like major justifications for like why you need this in your living room, besides right. the zapper or Rob. You know, yeah. like those no, other know. outside ex right. accessories. Because when we think about like modern games too, we think about long experiences that you're that you're gonna come back to a few times at least yeah. before you beat it. And like it's not so now this is starting to feel more like games that I think at least more that I'm used to. And like yeah, because now day. like uh, if you think about oh it's a short game, you're still talking like four or five hours. Yeah. Because, you know, I think the only other time we've been given this option, we can no longer talk about Kid Icarus because that was linear. Uh, <laughs> now, the only other time we've been given that option with the NES has been Rygar. But was it really nonlinear? I, I think this is like Rygar to the max. You know, like yeah, that's what right. Metroid is for me. Well, the, the, the big difference, the big difference between Metroid and Rygar is there is actually different sequences, different order of operations that you can do. Like, I think Rygar, like, yeah, you're going to backtrack a lot. But if you needed to go somewhere else, like you needed to do it one, two, three, four, five. Like in Metroid, you could do like one, four, two, three, five, and like still 
have a different experience than one of your friends that played. You can go to different places and get different power-ups in different orders. And the idea that you can skip power-ups too. You can like skip you, those you just as well, don't yeah. even need some of those power-ups if you don't if you choose not to find them or just choose to like make it harder for yourself. In Rygar, like you needed all of the all of the weapons yeah, or right. items. All the items yeah. You needed all the items to get to the end. There was no other way to do it. And in Metroid it's like, nah, you don't want that ice beam, like whatever. Yeah, there's right. only a like few. It's gonna that make it really it's hard with the, the Metroid it, at the but end, but there were only a few that actually you needed to to move forward. Um, specifically, like the morph ball. The morph ball. Yeah, right. you definitely need the <laughs> yeah. morph ball. The high jump boots or uh, the missiles. You don't need those. No, yeah, yeah they're, the they're just for that area. It do they seem very necessary because yeah. it's one of the first areas that you kind of get blocked off from mm-hmm. that you won't solve for a while. So you always think you have to go back to that area once you're able to jump higher. Don't yeah. you need the ice boots or the ice boots? The ice beam at some point to jump on. You can either do the boots oh, or the gotcha, beam. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it, yeah, that's the thing. Is like you know, it's one or the other. But like, you don't need those. You do need the missiles. You won't get very far without the missiles. Uh, and I'm pretty sure you would need the bomb. The yeah, the bombs. Yeah, because there are certain areas that you're <laughs> the good, bomb. Yeah, the bomb. The bomb. Uh, in specifically, like I don't think you can get to Norfair without the bomb. The bomb. <laughs> Very cool. <laughs> uh, so, what did we think of backtracking? I'm I'm fine with backtracking. Uh, I mean, it would have helped to have a more like landmark Latin uh, area, like we've talked about. Um, but when it comes to a, a thing that I I didn't like was the fact that. Okay, so we've got this cool way to teach you how to get to things like, oh, if you, you try to jump, like you kind of see a ledge you can't quite reach or oh, you can't quite fit into that hole yet. Um, but then you got shit like um, just random bombings of walls and random shooting up at bricks. Like, and I, I, I'm sort of trying to shoehorn this into the talk of... Uh, um, the backtracking? The backtracking, but in order to eventually discover those things you have to backtrack for a while just like where the hell do i go next yeah i think it's very frustrating when you get to a certain part that you've just been climbing for a while and then you go through a door and then it leads you through a hallway and then you go through another door and you go up vertically and you get to another door and then finally there's a red door in your way and you're like oh i don't have super missiles yet Better go find those and then go through the whole thing again. I felt like if you're going to do backtracking, like it's one thing to have already like solved all those other portions and then get like hit a wall. But if you're going to have backtracking in a game like this, the barriers should have been closer together. They shouldn't have been so open. Mm. See, maybe I didn't have like I just didn't get to get into a situation where it it hurt me that much but i always felt like when i had to backtrack it it, it never ended up being too far i was like always pleased like oh okay at least it's not that uh, big of a it space. winds up being like three to four minutes of backtracking i think yeah. sometimes but like that doesn't sound like a lot but it is a lot you're like playing, it's, yeah it's a lot. It, it, you're playing yeah. yeah and then you have to like also you know you have to be on your guard when it comes to enemies because your energy is yeah. mostly going right. down that not really biggest- counting up for me, that was the biggest thing. Like, if you get to the end of a really hard corridor corridor, and you barely escape, you know, mm-hmm. and then it's a dead end, and you got to turn back around and go back through it. Right. The enemies it's just about, like, the biggest sigh. Yeah. And you're like, all right, I guess I'm going to do or this. if you're like me, and you don't realize that the missile doors take five missiles, because <laughs> what, what is that? You shoot it three times with a missile, and nothing happens, so you, you figure... You don't want to waste the rest of your missiles. Yeah, so I figure, yeah. oh, okay, this is 
this must be for something else. That so, is an uh, odd thing. Yeah. And so that happened to me where I would go through, I went through a, a really hard corridor, got to a missile door that I was there specifically to get, because I remembered it was in a certain spot, shot it with the missile, and it didn't open. And I said, all right, I guess I have to find a different kind of door, and yeah. went back yeah. through the same corridor. I've and been playing. Had to go back through again. It was just, yeah. I've been playing Metroid for many years, uh, the other, you know, like all the games, including this one, and I just know about the five missile thing. Like, it's just a rule, but I'm curious, like, how you know, like Sam has explained it. He thought it was just one, and you'd be done, and assumed he did wrong. You guys clearly found out eventually. How did you find out that it was five? Well, I found out it was five just because I knew that, like, I, I knew from osmosis, like, because I never played these games before, but I knew that the missiles open these doors. So I'm like, okay, it uh, some number has to open this. But if I was a kid that just got this game and had didn't have friends that had already played it and told me this. Or didn't look it up, like I would think the same thing. I would move on to the next thing. Yeah. So, so I had, you know, I ran into the door first, couldn't, couldn't, couldn't get through it. So I was kind of thinking, oh, there must be something I have to get. And I went out searching, and I found the missiles next. Came back to the door and shot it, and I kind of just had like a no, like this does have to be what did it. And I just kind of like was like just kept shooting out of like desperation. desperation. Like, there must, well, that must <laughs> be must like be it. And that that's must be how people find out like, though yeah. too. If I yeah. think about yeah. it, you know, it's like eventually you're gonna realize like. You know, you might go back and try and find, like, the morph ball bomb, and then when that doesn't work, you're finally just going to be like, you know what, I'm just going to shoot this thing with missiles, right. <laughs> you know, like, with everything right. I've got until something works. And I think that winds up being a part of the game. Yeah. It's like, there just comes a time where, like, you hit a room and you're like, have no idea what to do. <laughs> you just shoot everything you morph ball hoping that like a passage is open somewhere <laughs> you bomb the floors hoping that one of them has like a little thing oh God. and sometimes they have like an energy tank or something you There's know so many ps1 games where that's just how i played the game <laughs> it's so strange and and then but then like once you find the thing like that's been blocking it you know like the whatever the puzzle was it just becomes so obvious, and then you get mad at yourself. You I know, don't know if it like, was right. obvious, because no, there are parts that are not obvious. Like, yeah, I, 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 my reaction was more like, are you kidding me? Like, <laughs> I was supposed to yeah. know that? Or, I know they, they're not expecting you to know that, but it should be more obvious. Yeah, I, I do I think know. that the five missile thing, like, I think I, I lucked into finding that out, but I think the puzzle was getting the missiles. So to make it so then you have to use five of them when it's not really, like, explained. It is a little, is a little like... I could see why that would confuse people and not feel like the best designed mechanic. Yeah, let's be honest. In in 1987, this game sucks if you don't have friends. <laughs> you know, like, like, this is a game where I don't care if you're a kid or an adult, you better have other people to talk to about this game because you're going to figure things out that they haven't and they're going to figure out things that you haven't. And yeah. this, this is one of those communication-based games where, you know, you you don't have the like internet. The meta, the meta game. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You need to kind of, like, get together... And think of those people as your galactic federation phoning into your <laughs> Samus to tell her the information on how to get through the next door or something. Uh, but yeah, if you don't have those resources available to you, I don't think that getting stuck in these kind of games and going to the internet is cheating. No. Okay. This is different than the Solomon's Key dilemma that we talked about in that episode, where like when you're actually solving a puzzle 
Yeah. That's when things get cheating when you go to right. online it's like because it's not ob- satisfying. It's a no, literal yeah, puddle. Yeah. yeah. Right. This I, is, I think th- this I think is there's kind of like levels of like how you want to face. It. Like I, I guess I wouldn't I wouldn't say it's like yeah you're cheating. It's just like do you want to beat it exactly the way that it was intended where you have to figure it all out yourself? It's gonna be a real challenge well, and it might not be fun. I, so I it's actually, like or do you want to like yeah you get, get some get some help on you know it's fine yeah. either way. I think the the attitude has evolved over time because maybe in '86. 87 that would be like oh you spoiled it for me or like oh you 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 want me to tell you the 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 answer you loser and i think now it's actually become like it it is just a part of games now like if you look at dark souls there'll be uh writing on the floor that other players have left for you or um let's go back to pt where um the the actual like obscure puzzle that they put into that teaser could not be solved unless the internet got involved like right. it it's a it's a, a whole new attitude yeah, and you put in like metal gear solid 5 where they're like there's still a community of people trying to disarm nukes for, yeah. for no apparent reason <laughs> yeah. whatsoever and it's like that's just really cool but i think your dark souls example is the best one because when when i first played that game and i'm not good at those games i, I barely got far at all but i thought like wow what a neat feature that like there's just randomly chosen community points that will like warn you about things like watch out for the guy with the bow and arrow on the top of the yeah. castle. And it can it's also like, troll you really hard though. Yeah, yeah, that's true too. But like, I just think like, wow, it's a really interesting idea. And like, imagine yeah. if that had like, you know, a Metroid feature on Nintendo Switch <laughs> Online, which won't yeah. happen. No. But <laughs> imagine if it was like on Nintendo Switch Online, where you can uh, enable a mode where the community can kind of give you tips and be yeah. like, "Hey, check around this area, you know, for bomb for bombing things, you know, mm-hmm. or like use your use your missile, but doesn't tell you where." Like, exactly. I think that would have been a cool right. thing. Yeah. Or even even kind of Mario Maker sort of does with the like telling you where other people died. Yeah. It's not that, like a community of people. It's not those those people aren't telling you, but you're seeing like oh. 800 people died in that spot like something gonna happen yeah, when there's I go to another, that spot? There's oh, another yeah. thing that Dark Souls Mario really Maker well. did have yeah. hints too as well though like oh, yeah, that's you could right. turn that's off right. and yeah, on yeah. Uh, that would that would tell you like you know make sure you do this or or troll you yes there will yeah. always be trolls and in fact I'm quite confident that the equivalent of trolling back then in like 1987 <laughs> was like just giving a bogus password yeah you know yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, oh this password makes it so this way you win the game like yeah. it just doesn't happen yeah. or even just like playground talk like do you know if you jump on this 600 times like you get an extra gun and you're like trying to do it over yeah. and over again or i remember uh, uh, uh well i'll do this and we can stop talking about this yeah. but i know that uh one of the magazines the gaming magazines would have an april fools joke uh, oh game and farcer and f- that was the one i remember game informer would become on april on their april issue they would become game and farcer w- and, they? yeah yeah <laughs> and just for like it was four pages Okay, uh, and it would have some of the funniest things uh, that <laughs> I remember. There were some yeah. more devious ones though that actually looked like tips. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Th- these ones were very clearly jokes, but yeah. um, I do remember I got pranked so hard <laughs> a year after the issue had come out. I I collected Nintendo Power and I was just like reading them. I would bring them to school for our reading time because my teachers would allow that. They'd be like, "Yeah, Nintendo Power, whatever. It's a magazine. Read." Mm-hmm. And I would read it, and I didn't realize I was reading the April issue of last year. And they were talking about warp pipe technology coming. To like you know like to Japan like that they were actually just gonna do it and I remember like showing everybody in my class people being like their minds were blown like we were all gonna be like Super Mario and I was like in my head I'm like 
Yeah, why wouldn't this happen? Like, it, it, it's in the game. We should be able to extract that. Like, oh, my God. Uh, so that's enough about April Fool's. and so, But I think that was like that was a great conversation, though, for yeah, being honest, yeah. because that, that's a lot of what this game comes down to. real fast the boss battles because i'm not i'm not so sold that they feel like boss battles no. it just feels like giant enemy encounters like mm. you know just a, a larger enemy that you must deal with now and they take a lot more hits take but a lot of hits take a lot of hits but the missiles are there for a reason i mean if there's one reason why you should have 250 missiles <laughs> It's strictly for the bosses, you know? It's like, I, I, I don't think, think you need 250 missiles throughout the regular right. part of this game. Well, there's no door that takes 250 million miss missiles to open. <laughs> Two, there's a secret door, yeah. 250 million missiles. <laughs> Sean, you had a thought. I, I just think that we aren't at the point yet where good boss design has really flourished yet. I, I think that... Like, I think Castlevania did it pretty well, at least, like, to an extent. Where I really enjoyed Castlevania's boss battles, yeah. actually. Like, th those are the only ones that, I like, this, Kung Fu the, I, did not oh, no, bring no, no. boss battle to me. Mar Super Mario Brothers definitely and, does least, not. No. no, yeah, but at least Kung Fu had, like, they were events. Like, they, they're not great bosses, but they, you had to prepare for their, um, their patterns and their techniques, whereas in this, it's just like, okay, there's... Just shoot a, a bunch of times. Yeah. Shoot the big yeah. thing a bunch of times. They're here is yeah. like a thing. Right. You know, it's like it's like Ridley isn't, I don't know, he just didn't seem like aware of my presence. <laughs> <laughs> like he just seemed like he was moving he's just around always the doing room. that. Yeah, when you're there or not, that's right, just what yeah. he's doing. I wouldn't be surprised to find that out, that he's just always <laughs> doing that because I was more or less like, it was a pain in the neck to target him a yeah. lot. Like I was shooting missiles and it just wasn't connecting because he'd be moving around. And I was like, are you avoiding me or am I avoiding <laughs> you? Like, <laughs> Who is afraid of who here? So, and yeah, the, I think another the, place where this game falls short is in its boss design. But but it doesn't really it feel like it's building up to those boss designs anyway, right? No. Like, I mean, yes, the, the that's the statue room and you have to like have them mm -hmm. to, to get through. But like. I don't know. I just never really thought like when I got to crate, I was like, oh, wow, like things are about to go down. Like, <laughs> nah, I didn't even know he was coming before that room. Like, yeah. really, if also, we're being honest, I was used to crate from uh, from melee. Oh, yeah. Where yeah. crate is just this gigantic thing. And then when you get there, it's like, where, where's the real crate? Yeah. 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 It's a little taller than me. Like, you're 6'4". Yeah. yeah, they, they yeah. would eventually retcon that, of course. Uh, yeah. But, like, not really retcon it, I guess. Like, obviously, the real Metroid fans will give me the scoop on what really happens, because Metroid is part of the timeline. But I just mean, like, when we see Crate next in Super Metroid, he's gigantic. Yeah. So, explain that one, Metroid fans. <laughs> Seriously, at me on Twitter. At him. Uh, okay. <laughs> now I have like an army coming after me. I guess, let me ask a, a interesting question for my last question of the game. What is satisfying about this game? What is like the, or the most satisfying thing about this game for each of you? I got one. Sure. Uh, Sam. Uh, it's, uh, you'd mentioned this before, I think, but I think getting an item, getting an upgrade is the most satisfying thing because it just, uh, you, it just unlocks everything in your head automatically. 
you think, oh, every time that there was that thing that I passed, now I can do that, you know? And it's that moment of realization without having to actually slog through all the annoying parts yet um, that I think is is the best. Hard agree, Sam. Uh, Just for the sound effect alone, I would be like, that's the most satisfying part. But uh, it's definitely just satisfying in general to, to have that eureka moment of like, you didn't even know, like, the ice beam, right? You didn't know you were even going to get that if you didn't really, like, search through the manual. Yeah. If you just find the ice beam, all of a sudden you're like, oh, yeah, and I can freeze those guys and use them as platforms. Like, you know, it's just one of those things that, ha- like, you can do. Or the high jump moment where you're like, oh, that's why I can finally jump to that world. area. Yes, exactly. A whole new way of exploring that world, too. Yeah. I, I agree with that one. The, the only thing I, I, I would add to it, too, is the, the actual, like, exploration beforehand, like, finding the item. So it's like, Finding your way to to the items, I think, also is like is very satisfying. But to add on to what Sam said too is that the uh, I know we kind of mentioned it before, but like when you once you're once you have a lot of these power ups, like you feel significantly more powerful than you started. You feel like you you have upgrades. Like it, it, it they don't they don't feel like weak upgrades. Yeah, the game definitely gets progression right, right. If nothing else, Sean. I mean, I, I, I would agree with you guys, but just for the sake of changing it up a little, I will talk about um, something a little different. I, I'd say that one of the most satisfying feelings is more just like as like satisfying, like scratching an itch, like, oh, you're in a weird position. You can't quite get to that part of your uh, that part of your body. So it itches. And then finally you find some way to, to get to it. And it's when yeah, it itches. Yeah. And it's and it's when you you're so low on life that you just get that godforsaken godforsaken beeping noise and it's just going and going and going and then you finally get enough energy to make it stop because that is true worst sound effect that I've you that I've had to like listen to for over a minute. Do you think that that's the suit making that noise? Like, I like would say, I, I would hope it's the suit. Yeah, like, yeah. and not just like, but I meant like it's more for us. <laughs> yeah. But like, do you think I, Sam I think is it's well, a diegetic noise? Think that, I think it's uh, the cyber suit. Yeah, it's also funny though that like all the enemies are hearing it. Yeah, that's what I was health, say. Like, all the like, enemies are alerted. Yeah. To you yeah. <laughs> I want that. Like, <laughs> so yeah, they did. Actually, yeah, the enemies don't become any more aggressive. That would be an interesting feature to add. Like, they <laughs> yeah. become more aggressive when you're low on health, but you become stronger. That'd be cool. That's a normal RPG trope. Okay, let's talk about development. Uh, the section where I give you guys a bunch of facts and you react. <laughs> <laughs> let's do it. We'll this is how this usually works. And... It's no secret that uh, usually we don't have a lot to talk about when it comes to development because I'm scraping the bottom of the barrel for things about Athena. <laughs> <laughs> but for Metroid, we, we have a good trove here of information. So it's no surprise here. Sakamoto was inspired by Alien. Uh-huh. But, like, not really because the development of this game was, like, going on for 10 months before he joined the project. So he's like, yeah, I was inspired by Alien, the movie, you know. The, oh, the movie. Yeah, the movie. I know. I said first, Not I'm like, alien. alien, like, everybody knows it. Well, yeah, okay, I was being sarcastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like if I say <laughs> Alien... Like, yeah, you know, right. if I said he's inspired by aliens, that's up for debate, right? <laughs> like all of a sudden, by like, Alan. by Tim Allen. Yeah, he's inspired Allen. by Tim Allen's performance of Buzz Lightyear, uh, which didn't happen until <laughs> nine years good later. Though. Man, uh, he was, space really yeah, was space. ahead of his time. Wow. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and that's the development. <laughs> yeah, that's the development in a nutshell. <laughs> um, no, uh, basically the only thing that the only thing that like I think about with the alien influence is like 
a person alone with a bunch of aliens. Like okay, that, no, no, you know? no. There's a lot of visual elements as well. Okay, what? so you got the space jockeys or whatever the hell they're called, the what? jockeys, space pirates. No, the, no, no, no. So Metroid. All, so every little altar that you get an that you get an upgrade at. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, the Chozo statues. Yeah, the you Chozo call those sta- space jockeys. Well, I, there's something <laughs> jockeys. I forgot. Oh, and those are the guys from Prometheus, right? Let me. Uh, yeah, but in Alien, yeah. you see one. Yeah, okay. And it looks very similar to the Chozo statue thing. Huh. And you also have just the idea of a bio. Um, a bioengineered weapon that could end all life in the universe if if it so wanted to, and all that kind of good stuff. And a female main star. And Ripley, yeah. And Ridley. Ripley, I call her. I call it Ripley. Oh, I call it Ridley because <laughs> Ridley Scott. It is Ridley Scott. Okay, yeah. I, I, I thought I, like the Ripley thing was like, well, close but no cigar. <laughs> and then one day I was I, like, wait a minute, Ridley Scott directed the movie. <laughs> I, Ripley is what I used to troll Mike with when we would talk about uh, this game, and it, I've just accidentally made it my lexicon. I love it. It's like uh, uh, Binding of Isaiah. Binding Isaac. of Isaiah. Isaiah, yeah. yeah. Or I, like, I forgot which way but I say it, but it, but now I know the correct but way. But it is Isaac, right? It's yeah. I actually, Isaac. Hearing you guys talk about it so often, I actually don't know. Yeah. <laughs> we need to get back on track, yes. so let's talk about how development started, Okay. When making a game, we'd start out by having all the developers gather together to contribute their ideas with Gunpei Yokoi at the head of the group. Then, using everything we came up with as a base, we work on filling in the blanks. That's Sakamoto talking, but that would not be the case for this game because instead, they gave this game to two brand new employees, Kiyotake and I think it was um, Hirofumi uh, Matsuka, those two were given the game. The only thing they had worked on before this was Game & Watch. Okay? Whoa. The LCD games. So now it's like, hey, just go ahead and can you just like make a major video game for us? <laughs> just just you two. We'll, we'll join in later, but just go to town on it. Okay. <laughs> so they did. And it's like, that's pretty inspiring. Right? Yeah. Like these two dudes just wound up like making Metroid, right? Wrong. Okay. Oh. <laughs> uh, how long did it take for the two of you new employees to develop the game? Kiyotake says, not quite 10 months. Okay. okay. Which is a weird answer to begin with, okay? <laughs> not not quite 10 months. So, so, so nine months nine and months 20 and days. Nine months and 30 days, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's 10 months. But... Well, 31 days, right? I always think of the longest months when I think of months. Okay. Okay. Sakamoto <laughs> says, I didn't join development of Metroid until about the last three months. And he laughs. Sakamoto then adds, I wasn't the only one to join. Everyone in R&D 1 joined at the end. To be honest, it was hardly done at all. (laughs) (laughs) He jokes that by the time that that the rest of R&D 1 had joined, those two had done nothing in the first 10 months of it. (laughs) They basically just like... Figured out like, oh, we have to make a video game and try to like imagine like just trying to learn. Like imagine you don't know right. C you know, C plus or C sharp, right? What is it? What's the programming I mean, language? A bunch for of them, C plus plus. Yeah. You mean like imagine you're me. And yeah, imagine you're me not knowing what the programming language that you're supposed to learn is. I do uh, appreciate how blunt these interviews are. Like the, not yeah. like the, the, the interviews now where it's like, oh, it was just such a great experience, even if it's just for like knack two. Like, right, right. right. Yeah. Like it wasn't a great experience. <laughs> are you kidding? Uh, they wrote the games in assembly, by the way. I do know that. Okay. Anyway, so Sakamoto says that it was hardly done at all. Everywhere had the same backgrounds. And you could only do the same things. The characters were moving, but the rest of the game design was mere bare bones. 
So then they talk about how Sakamoto got into video games in general. And I'm like, okay, I'm on board for that. Like, how does one get into video games in the early 1980s? Because you got to remember Sakamoto was there in like 84. I think he mm-hmm. joined into the maybe 83, 84. He says, one day, however, Shigeru Miyamoto wandered over to our room and asked, is anyone here willing to lend us a hand? That's how I ended up doing sprite work on Donkey Kong Jr. <laughs> so you can see that, like, those two working on that video game is not a rare situation at all. You know, it's like, maybe now they're, like, half presidents of Nintendo at this point. You know, it's like, you just get assigned to something, you wing it, and then somehow, like, you succeed. <laughs> so he became the, he did the sprite art for Donkey Kong Jr., which turned out to be my first real experience with video games. After that, I worked on the arcade version of Wrecking Crew. At the time, game development was done on a very small scale, so we had a team of five or six people working on everything from the programming to the music. Our development period was about half a year. That's that sounds very unsurprising, like from what we've heard so far. Yeah, six months to make a game sounds about right for for what they're asking for. You know, you hear so often now. I mean, we you know. Telltale Games just had that whole like breakdown where they're no longer a company and they had to now they're pretty much bankrupt have to sell their assets and they're being sued. But it's like the story there is like there's so many employees, there's so many deadlines, there's so many games to make and they take so long to make, you know, it just turns into some like, uh, Ah, shit, never mind. What if, like, just to continue that thought, like, what if the Legend of Zelda, like the original Legend of Zelda team got like the people you know the people who made breath of the wild like transport to the past and go talk to them and be like oh you guys are making a zelda game we're making one too we, we've been working on it for seven years <laughs> you know like that's that was the development cycle for breath of the wild was seven years and it's like the legend of zelda yeah. team probably got like six months <laughs> okay it's not that long what six months six months no i don't think that's that long at all no and i appreciate that they could make a game like this in that kind of time yeah so uh on samus's name okay everybody knows samus aaron uh kiyotake was the one to name samus but it comes from a mispronunciation of the football legend pele what yeah right that's exactly what i'm talking about right how could there be a mistranslation right (laughs) oh my god like that drastic so apparently Pele thought that uh, the Pele. Kiyotake thought that Pele's real name was Samus Aranatus Nashimantos or something like How that. How do you like, really like, fucking with him? Name was super long. It was Pele. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and if you look it up, it's actually Edson uh, Edson Arantes. So he he thought that it was Samus Arantes and named it Samus Aaron, but Pele's real name is Edson Arantes. So imagine if they just named it Pele. Like yeah. we just played as Pele. <laughs> Pele Aaron. Um, well, why name? Why why was Pele? Well, he just like, liked Pele. The inspiration. Oh, yeah, that's cool. Did, well, yeah, yeah. You would think like, where's the where's yeah, the, the alien inspiration? Like, right? Yeah. Where's the Ridley Scott? But yeah, inspiration? we also like soccer. Yeah, so yeah, they like kick. It does not take much for Nintendo to name a character after (laughs) you. That's true. I mean, Mario was based after their landlord. Well, that's like in Metroid Prime 4, I hear that. A character leak that's uh, Cristiano Ronaldo. (laughs) (laughs) He's coming. Uh, By now, Smash is out, probably, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I hope you're enjoying it, future us. Uh, Next, okay, so obviously, if we're going to talk about Samus's name, we have to talk about how they decided to make Samus a woman. 
The instruction manual, of course, states that Samus is shrouded in mystery, but the team decided fairly early on whether it was going to be a man or a woman. Sakamoto says, Once we entered the final stages of development, we started talking about having different endings depending on how long it took players to clear the game. Now, you can remember that kind of from Kid Icarus. Mm -hmm. There's different endings based on uh, how well you... Or poorly. Yeah, how well or poorly you did. This time they decided to decide how well or poorly you do by how fast you can clear the game. So they wanted a reward for people who cleared it more quickly. Kiyotake then adds, We wondered what would surprise everyone, and we talked about removing Samus's helmet. Then someone said, this is Sakamoto, It would be a shocker if Samus turned out to be a woman, and everyone thought that would be interesting and wanted to do it, so we decided it right away. Kiyotake then adds, Yeah, we decided that in a flash. Back then, people played games over and over, so we wanted to give a reward for playing through quickly. Then we decided to put it in four endings, with Samus removing her helmet, her suit, and so forth. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. Good thing it didn't have five endings. And, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what's interesting? It's like, I think about it, and it's like, it, maybe it could have been, like, an Athena situation. Remember we were talking about, like, the yeah, red bikini, right. that's all she's wearing? And it, But it's like, at the same time, it's like, I think this is a, a powerful moment for, you know, like, the female gamer, right? Like, I, I don't think I it's, don't like, know. it's, yeah. like, powerful until you get to the last one, but like, under 30 minutes, and it's, like, just her in her underwear or but bikini like, or something. Well, it's yeah, like, it's her in her bikini, and she's got, like, that green hair. Um, not on purpose, <laughs> by the way. Samus doesn't actually have green hair. It was just that that's how they had to design it. With the it. Yeah, with yeah. the palette. Uh, but I don't know. I'm not saying. Look, I'm not saying that like go, you go girl. I think. Okay? I think but I'm, I'm not right. saying it's that kind of empowerment. But I'm saying like it's definitely not like trying I, I to be like look at this yeah. naked woman who you control. Right. I think there's more <laughs> positives in this game than there are in Athena, Athena yeah. but there's still definitely negatives. Right. Yeah. I think like having the helmet off and revealing that it's a woman that would probably yeah, be the best right. scenario. You know, right. like to end it there. But like you know. It became a big thing of like that time, like oh, put in the Justin Bailey code and play her, you know, without her clothes, you know, without her yeah. suit on. That was like a thing people wanted to do, and it right. made the game. But at least in that code, she's like clothed, right? Well, she's I'm... clothed in the no, in the bikini. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. She I just looks. I'd, yeah, I'd she looks clothed it. because it's like again, she's not that. She's not as scantily clad as. Also, like... not very high resolution. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> true too. But I'm sure. That somebody was happy they reached that end screen and saw that. I know. I mean, because I think it does come from like even like the fact that there are four levels of of like of revealing like that, whether it's like cool that it's a, a powerful female character or not, that can't comes from like uh, like this really creepy like part right, of these right. developers, I think. But I, like, you know, it is what it is. And uh, so in the credits, uh, they did do like some mispronunciations again of the people's <laughs> names, like mispronunciations, misspellings of the people's <laughs> names. Uh, they, they actually say that. Yeah. yeah, Sakamoto came out as something like Saka Wow or something like that. Like, it's like <laughs> Saka Wow. They just Saka the, wow. They like, the M upside down. I like down to think and... that he just asked for that. He was like, you know, I don't, you don't have, like, we don't have the space to <laughs> yeah. fit my full last name. My friends are calling me these days. <laughs> <laughs> so they did that instead, but they did give uh, a shout out to their favorite restaurant. <laughs> in the credits as well Sakamoto writes we were working late every night those last three months so we ordered from restaurants near the company Benkei Dining the Chinese restaurants Toryu and another called Sometime oh Sometime Mako or 
Mako, I don't know how to say that. Anyway, those, those three were especially helpful, so we decided to put those three into the credits. Yeah, it really was the Wild West back then. Yeah. <laughs> you, just, yeah, you just threw <laughs> whatever you wanted and like, hey, your thanks, favorite Applebee's. Like, <laughs> put my first grade teacher in there. Yeah. <laughs> that would actually be really funny if, like, you know, some indie dev... Put in, like, shout-out to Domino's, you know? Like, you guys are the realist. Uh, and lastly, this is for Joe. Uh, just yes. Be- yes, this Can't is wait. just specifically for you. He says, uh, they asked him in the interview, uh, they asked Kiyotake, because they were talking about, you know, 30 years, what, how would you like to see this game played today? And he goes, Sakamoto's answer was, I prefer, you know, the three generations play this game. Like, imagine Grandpa father and now little kid all three of them play this game and kiyotaka adds well for the first time player i'd like to say this is how hard games used to be ha 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 <laughs> so as your first time playing know, metroid did you feel like this was a hard game i did feel like this was a hard game although i'm coming from the context that we're playing every nes game in order and we just played ghosts and goblins so it didn't feel like Oh my god, this is what NES games were like? Because right. Ghosts and Goblins was still harder than this for yeah. me. But I it's wonder more if punishing. The, I wonder yes. if like the guys at Nintendo were like aware of Ghosts and Goblins. Like, was <laughs> right. that on their radar? Right. You know, like well, obviously I, it was on some yeah. of their radars, but like was a guy like Sakamoto playing all the right. NES games? Probably right. not. But I definitely think it still fits in that category of like, yeah, this is like more more ch- much more challenging just in the with the way they expect you to play the game than most games today. So we'll we'll meet Samus again. We will in Metroid Two: Return of Samus. Returns of Samus. That will Returns. be uh, Samus's next game, and that doesn't come out until 1991. So it will take uh, quite some time. That's four years from Metroid. And then there's also a Metroid manga, which came out around 2002, 2003, uh, t- tied into Zero Mission which is basically like a retelling of Metroid in manga form. And uh, it's pretty nice art. I'd highly recommend it if you can. uh, Obviously, very easy to find scans of manga online. I'm not going to point you to those resources, but (laughs) hey, knock yourselves out. Then the next console entry would become Super Metroid, my personal uh, favorite Metroid game, one of my top games of all time. And that's not a surprise. Super Metroid is awesome. Go Bills. Has anybody else played Super Metroid here? I've played a little bit. Uh, Great. Okay. No, 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 it's, just, it's, no, it's interesting. Fine. I have nothing else to add. It was. It's very rare when you hear someone say like, "Oh, that's one of my favorite games," and then all of their friends haven't even touched it. Like, mm-hmm. I should, I shouldn't be friends with you guys. This I is my first Metroid game guys, ever. I should be forcing you guys to go home tonight and play Super Metroid because it Mike, might change. We won't even watch the TV shows I recommend. All right. That's so true. why that's would true. I do that? I know. I'm sorry. Okay. This never is not wa- a time to call me the out. Wire. He never watched The Wire. <laughs> <laughs> this is not a time to call me out. I'm watching The Sopranos right now. Give me a break. I'm catching up. Uh, okay. And so Super Metroid is the next console entry. Uh, Metroid is available in many different ways. You can play it in Metroid Prime on the GameCube. (laughs) It actually just comes as an unlockable bonus. Then there's Metroid Zero Mission, which is a retelling of Metroid, uh, the original story, but done in the Game Boy Advance visuals. And uh, it's changed a lot. It made it a lot more streamlined. Overcorrects a lot of our problems with it. For sure. And uh, also Metroid Zero Mission has Metroid in it. So you can play the original Metroid after you play Metroid Zero Mission just inside the cartridge. But if you didn't want to buy Metroid Zero Mission, you can just buy the original Metroid on a GBA cartridge as well because it came out on the NES Classic series for GBA. It also came out on the NES Classic. Guys, can you tell they really like releasing this game? <laughs> right. Because it's also available on Virtual Console and Nintendo Switch Online it's service. It's free money. It's just everywhere, guys. So I have to mention Metroid Metal, 
which is oh, a, hardcore. A, it's a band I love. Oh, it's real. Uh, <laughs> it, yeah, it's real. And they do renditions of all different um, tracks from many different Metroid games. And I, I just like I discovered it when I was like in ninth grade. <laughs> and I still listen to it pretty often. Like it's it's so heavy. The Space Pirates theme is like the best. It's so it's so atmospheric at first, and then just like if you're working out, you're gonna love it. Uh, Damn, that's that's my that's my Metroid Metal plug. I think uh, the the band is actually Stemage, and then they go under the name Metroid Metal for when they play the Metroid songs. Maybe that was just the album title. No, 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 no. <laughs> like like it's a like they don't oh, they're okay. not their band name is in Stemage when they do the I think like some maybe some band members leave and stuff oh, like okay. that. There's a lot of video game music that I'm ready to recommend to you guys. Kirby's Dream Band. You know, <laughs> like definitely check out Kirby's Dream Band. They're really good. Anyway, <laughs> I've exhausted everything we can talk about when it comes to development, sequels and spin-offs, gameplay, plot, objective, uh us what the podcast tomato. is about, who's on the show. Those are all things that we've talked about so far, but what we haven't talked about is the essential games list. What a doozy we have today, guys. We're talking about Metroid. Uh, just for a refresher so far, in 1986, we have voted for... Uh, 1987. We have voted for... <laughs> it's like, what year is it, right? <laughs> um, we have voted for Slalom. We have voted for Kid Icarus, <laughs> and we have voted for Castlevania. Wait, d- uh, hold on. We put Slalom in the Essential Games Some list? of us voted for Slalom. <laughs> for I like Slalom. It's a great Sean, game. Sean, you may remember. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why Slalom's so much worse than uh, Slalom. Yep. Oh, okay. Uh, Slalom's on there. Yep. And God you know, just for the record, yeah, there's a lot more games on the Essential Games list, too, that you can check out uh, on the website, www.nostalgiacast.com. For those of you that aren't aware of what an Essential Game is, because you're listening to Metroid as your very first episode, and you're like, well, this will definitely be the last episode I listen to. These <laughs> guys can't stay on topic. They made or, it pretty far, though. You know, to be fair, yeah, they made yeah. it pretty far if they got yeah. to this point, or they skipped to this point to be like, oh, well, maybe the Essential Games <laughs> section gets better. <laughs> like, no, no, even no, they know I'm not going to listen to this again. <laughs> anyway, the Essential Games list is where we decide that these games are worth playing today. We're not talking about essential NES games just in the NES category. We're talking about all of the games. That's, you know, <laughs> all Xbox, the games ever, yeah. Xbox One, or if in the future they're calling it Xbox Five now, like whatever you're listening to, like we're talking about, is it still worth playing? Is it going to still be a good game to check out? Sean? See, I think that um, for, for Metroid, this is a, a great learning experience. Like to, 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 to look at because I, I really don't think that this is the best version of Metroid that, like, you can play. I think that that comes in the next decade. Um, but I do think that this is still a really great game. Like, that it, it, it finally got that um, semi-free world, that, that open world maze down right um especially in the 2d environment um it it, again it makes you feel powerful as you as you get farther in the game um it's got some really good uh tutorial methods of introducing you to aspects of the game it has a lot of problems as well but i don't think that those are quite as um on the same magnitude as what it gets right um again i don't think this is the best metroid game but I think that just sort of speaks to the quality of these games in general. So I will say this is an essential game. Wow. That is one vote for you keeping score at home. You need, what is it? 
It would be we three. Need, two. Well, we don't need two today. Oh, two, yeah. two. Yeah. Okay. You always need fifty percent. I always thought it was a majority. Uh, Mike, have you been? Are you uh, on drugs? I this was sleeping. Your yeah. plan. So just two. Yeah. Okay. All right. Sorry. All right, Joe. All right. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, yeah, yeah. Sorry if I'm bringing character there. Like, I'm not on drugs, but like for some reason, I'm like all of a sudden I'm having this epiphany. I'm like, that seems flawed. Like, like, two very much is. That's how we've been like, doing it for like 60 weeks. Yeah, now. yeah. We're also like, uh, we'll look at it. We'll relook at yeah, it. Having, we'll, we'll have to revisit this in the best of eighty-seven. Having epiphanies episode. is like a sign of being on drugs. Too. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. So I'm having like a DMT experience right now in the back of my brain. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Joe. Tell me your essential vote, uh, but give me the story too. Right, there are a lot of there are a <laughs> lot of games for me that I'll just I'll just know like yeah, this is definitely going essential. This is definitely not. Uh, this was not one of those games. I, I actually kind of I kind of struggled for a while thinking about this. I actually wrote myself a list of pros and cons, which I've not really done before. Like that was this was the deciding factor with these pros and cons. Will Will you read off this I list? Read the I list. would love it's, it. it. It's a very short. It's not it's not everything. It's no, very, I know. It's very I'm not for an essay, but um. But read it pros, verbatim. Pro, I mean, they're just one word oh, things okay. that I, I just have. Uh, I'm going to okay. elaborate on them. <laughs> but pros movement, which I thought you know <laughs> felt very good. Um, the power ups, like we've said a few times, it makes you feel like you actually have a super suit. Um, the progression, as in, I think this is the first game where we've where we can really understand the Metroidvania style. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, no, no, but no, that's right. what it's it, talking it is, about. Right? It is a Metroidvania. Right. Um, so this is where you know I, I, I like that idea that you're you're locked out, but not not because there's a wall, because there's a tool you need. Um, I thought aesthetically, it's very pleasing. It, it's it's well designed. Um, and granted, this one is a little weird because it's not necessarily like perfectly in the game, but the story, which is in the manual, which I consider part of the game, um, it's pretty pretty in depth yeah th um, those are a lot of pros right and and you know what? something i don't have written here that i kind of i think maybe maybe You're is included in all i'm okay. adding right now is uh is that it really gives you the feel of being lost in a really hostile environment like it kind of gives you a, a feel that you're you should always be on your toes and always be a little nervous but does it give um, you the feel of a bounty hunter i don't think so but i don't think that, that you don't that feel that like matters. you're hunting for Craig Ridley and Mother Brain, I, I guess it does. Like, like in that sense that I'm hunting, but doesn't doesn't feel. I don't know. Doesn't feel like I'm like. So yeah, I'm necessarily. I feel like I'm more of an yeah, explorer. I'm, it's got to yeah, deal with like stuff. I'm, more, I'm trying to trying to not die. Yeah. Um, Let's hear some cons. Some cons. One thing we didn't talk about, and I, this this sounds nitpicky, but it's not. If you've played this game, you can't shoot low. And like half yeah. the enemies are low, but your That's gun only shoot for. at arms. I know, but even before that, before you get the bombs, bombs are slower, mm -hmm. and like I, it's just weird. Bombs to me that are you also can't like a precision thing too, yeah, and right. they're like it's just ineffective. Right. I don't think that that's a good um, excuse, right? You can't just the fact that you can't shoot low, and that a ton of the enemies are too short for you to shoot <laughs> because you just can't point the gun down. Yeah, you're right. Um, so that that yeah, was, where are the Samus sized enemies really? Right, like, yeah. none of them. Well, um, the bosses, but right. the boss. There, there. So this like. It sounds like a pro that there are a lot of secrets, which I always love in games. But a lot of these secrets are not something that you would find organically. Exactly. Like, a, like you, you just They're bust through a wall forcing. anywhere, and you know, because you know, eventually I, I started watching a video of like someone who's really good at the game, and I was like, how would I ever know to do any of this stuff? Um, so that's a con that the secrets aren't quite like perfect, great, aren't great in their design. Uh, con number three: the bosses. 
they're, they're just not well designed boss battles. There's not really much more to say about it than what we've what we've already talked about. And con number four is kind of another one. That's this one's like in the almost like towards the middle of pro and con. But the backtracking, I think they they did a good job of making backtracking not so bad. But sometimes there can be a little too much of it. But if you're counting, that's four cons to my five and the six that I added of pros. And I do think that I have a hard time imagining someone picking up this game and not having a pretty good time with it. So I, I think that I will go essential. All right. And going by my own logic from the show, that would mean that this game is now an essential game. However, the votes don't stop there. I feel like Mike Sam, is in a fugue state right now. <laughs> Sam, Sam and I must continue the vote, uh, just be, just for the record, so yeah. we know how many people voted yay and nay. Uh, Sam? I also had a really hard time deciding where this game stacks, like how this game stacks up, because I know that this is a genre that you know, has really good games in the future. So it it's not the best version of this kind of game. I'm assuming I don't really play a lot of Metroidvanias, but, and there were parts of it that were just really frustrating. But at the same time, I haven't played an NES game that really gave me the same experience that felt like this tight, that was like this cool, you know, that also we didn't talk about the music in this game, but the music I thought was great. I think it's on the, it's on the list. It's on the list. It just barely made it on the list. And if there was like a slightly better version that we played next, I I, I don't know what I'm saying, but it's uh, it's on the list. <laughs> you had you you had like a nice pause in between each of those words. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, very interesting. So that's three three votes for yes. And now we will uh, we will pass the baton over to me. You know, <laughs> what's interesting is I've seen. I've seen a lot of talk about Metroid throughout the years. There's been some people that refer to it as like a Citizen Kane, <laughs> and I don't see it. Uh, I played this game having already played some other Metroid entries. I think uh, my first Metroid game was probably Metroid Fusion, then Metroid Prime, Super Metroid, Metroid Prime 2 and 3, um... Zero Mission. So Metroid kind of came in late for me, so I already experienced a lot of Metroid. What's really cool about Metroid is when you start up that title screen, and this is something I talked about in Kid Icarus too, like, I started up the title screen, and I want to just, like, let that thing, like, play out and breathe, you know? Live there. Yeah, it's just, it's haunting, you know, yeah. in a way, and that, and that music, and then you get, like, yeah, pretty poorly worded story. <laughs> like, it's not, it's trying to give you, like, Planet the abbreviated Vibin. thing, right? <laughs> Try to give like the abbreviated Spark Notes version, <laughs> but it's still like cool to have like all this set up. And then you hit, you know, you hit start and you enter like this middle of the way. Like you don't know where you are. You can go left, you can go right. And you're just like, you're just kind of like spawning into existence. And then it's up to you to like explore everything that there is on planet Zebus. And you have to try to track down. Uh, the three bosses and defeat the space pirates. And by the time you get to the end of the game, you thought you've seen it all and you finally see the Metroids. And they're like these giant enemies. Like, like they're huge. Their sprite work looks kind of like more detailed than anything we've really seen before. I mean, Mother Brain looks great too. Don't get me wrong. But the Metroids especially just like they look really cool. It's funny. That I didn't even think of that but that's so that's completely true the yeah. metroids look like they're they don't belong on the system right. compared to everything yeah, else in this yeah. Game. yeah and they look you can tell too like the way that they were communicated to us now we know that they have like this 
spongy jellyfish. like jellyfish thing. but you can tell that in the game too just the way that they did like that trace outline and then like the you know the jellyfish shading interior and yeah, yeah. shading and stuff like that like I just think it's really cool that they save something like that till the very end Metroid could have been something that you discover like in the next area after you get the yeah, morph exactly. ball, you know, it's like, oh, Metroid. yeah, everything's Metroid. And like, who knows what a Metroid, you know, but they like, just like in alien where it's like the third act and you finally like realize, oh, this wasn't a movie about like, you know, take, you know, taking it. This is a movie about being hunted mm-hmm. by the alien, you know? And like, it's like, it becomes a totally different movie in the third act. That's what the game kind of becomes. Like, I feel like the real experience of this game Yes, you should go through the start sequence and have all that, but then like also like look up a password to just start you in Turian mm. and just like be like blown away by like how out of your element you are when you're trying to like get through all these Metroids and then wind up in Mother Brain who's shooting everything and anything at you is you have to try and like lock down like a hundred missiles, <laughs> you know, so much at her. Uh, I'm assuming it's a she mother mother brain. And, you know, I think there's there's so much going on here atmospherically, yet at the same time, there's just not enough going on gameplay-wise that I like. There's so much here that's been done better in future Metroid games, in the Metroidvania genre altogether. Metroid is like, yes, it's the starting point, but I don't necessarily think it's a great entry point anymore. The problem that I have with Metroid is is twofold i think yes it's a very hard game but it only gets hard like artificially i guess like once you run low on energy it's very hard to stay like to stay energized i guess is like the right way to to phrase it and once you have like those energy tanks and missiles that you had that progression's kind of lost and you have to build it back up each time and I would have liked to have seen an option where, like, maybe, you know, the reward for collecting those energy tanks is that if you die, you start back up with those energy tanks. Backtracking is something in this game where I think it would have been great to have a way to, like, spawn in different areas of each place. Like, if you have Brian Star, it's like you can always spawn back at that beginning part. Or if you have the elevator that takes you down to Norfair, you could spawn there. It's this way you don't have to go all the way back through the beginning of things. I get that it's a game based on exploration. I think that those two things were neat at the time and have now aged the game a little bit. I think that the limited amount of what's accessible to you is the same kind of thing the same kind of things that like a game like Rygar made me think like oh that's really neat but it's just not enough that's how i still feel about metroid right now i feel like wow all these things are really cool and don't get me wrong like i had fun playing this but i don't think i'm about to go ahead and recommend this game just because there's so many other things that are are doing it better today i don't think it's essential anymore if you're talking about 1987 I give it a two thumbs up. Like this is probably one of the one of the most competent releases we've seen on the system. I think it's right up there with what I would consider the greats: Castlevania, Gradius, and Super Mario Brothers. Uh, but I'm not gonna put it on my essential games list. All right. Well, fuck you, Mike. Wow. You waited that whole time to say that. You were like right next to the mic. You were like, I'm gonna tell Mike to go. Mm. No, I, I I hear your points, and that's why I I, I sort of like was going back and forth as I was speaking um, for my vote because this really is just a... This is a learning experience. Like It's more of an educational purpose to play this game 
like to see like how this Metroidvania thing started and how it sort of found its footing. But I, I still think that while being the first isn't 100% of what makes a game essential or like part of like canon, like the like the cult canon uh-huh. of, of like of net retro video games. But I still think it plays a pretty significant chunk of of what makes a game like worthy of being played and that's ultimately what swayed my decision i think yeah i just think it's fair when it comes when it comes down to it it's like some of these older games like fare better when they are arcade ports because they are meant to be played like arcade style games where they're just short bursts you know if you think about like the games i'm really digging on the nes a lot of them are like meant to be played for like 20 minutes 30 minutes you know 30 minutes they're not meant for these like sit down and you know like yeah. slog no, experiences. I, mean, I think that you like when when we vote for the essential games list and i'm uh i'm not saying that we always vote in in unison i think that um uh not chubby cherub <laughs> what's it called kid ninja kid icarus <laughs> uh, i think that just... that's where we that's that's our biggest divergence but i i like the same kind of games that you like on this like we, we usually vote for very similar games on the essential games agreed list. Um, but yeah, I guess like this is just one of those things that we have. We will never forgive me for. No, I, I'll, I'll <laughs> well, forgive you. It means you're growing apart slowly. Yeah. So. All right. Well, it is on the essential games <laughs> list, so everybody should be happy. Metroid fans should be happy, uh, and everybody can tell me why I'm so wrong. Uh, you know, for the rest of my life. Because I don't think I'm going to change my opinion uh, on Metroid. Uh, that said, I probably won't try to take it off the list on the Best of 87 episode. But I am coming for a few others. Uh, you've been uh, you've been put on notice. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at Shopify.com/specialoffer. All lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Next week, we've got a great episode for you. If you enjoyed this one, which was really long, uh, enjoy next week's because it's The Legend of Zelda, and you know that one's going to be long, too. Uh, you might think that you've seen it all, right? Uh, <laughs> Mike. Mike's immediately in the pitch voice. <laughs> yeah, you, you might think you've seen it all. Mike has now voted for Metroid to be uh, unessential. And surely in the Legend of Zelda episode, everybody's just going to unanimously vote it essential. And I'm going to hear things I've read on the internet thousands of times. You're wrong because I have never read anything to you on the internet. <laughs> what? <laughs> you will get to hear them in our voices. Uh, oh. <laughs> uh, you'll get to hear our unique spin on things, Essentially, especially because I'm pretty sure that some of you have p- never played Legend of Zelda before. I've you wonder why I'm Legend giving you this look. I, I'm thinking, and I'm thinking there were probably actually a lot of times that our listeners have heard you read something to them on the internet. Sometimes <laughs> you'll be like, oh, I found it right here, and you read something to them on the internet. Yeah, so, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, they're already, <laughs> they're already suspicious of next week's episode. Well, if you're not suspicious of next week's episode and you definitely want to hear it, be sure to hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening on this uh, podcast, whether it's on our website, www.nostalgicast.com. That, you just hit the download button in the right corner. Or if you're listening directly from the website, you hit that play button, which is on the left side of the play button bar. Uh, and then if the, you're listening... If you're trying to type in our URL, that's in the top of the... Yeah, that's <laughs> in the, the top right of the... Yeah. If you're on Chrome, Safari, they'll all be at the top still. Yeah. 
Um, and Unless then, you're in Australia. Yeah, then they'll in be which on case, the everything is up. Uh, yeah, the URLs are on the bottom in Australia. Yeah. And that's not a dig at Australia. You guys it's rock. Just a you guys are sick. Uh, please <laughs> mail me something. <laughs> mail us <What>? some sand. <laughs> Ma- People have been very good at writing to us lately, so I'm going to encourage that too. You can write to us at contact at nostalgicast.com or just on Twitter at, at nostalgicast.com. Uh, nostalgicast. Yeah, thanks, Ethan. Uh, I love what people are writing to us now. They're saying very interesting things and calling us out and saying, get good. Good, and I love it because I probably never will get good, guys. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. But That's something we're going to yeah, do. Yeah, I grew up playing video games for the story, and it's only now that I'm starting to realize that NES games don't have story. <laughs> so I have to learn to be good at them, too. Read so the it's a work in progress. Hopefully, by game 700, I'll be pretty good at video games. No, you'll be okay at 700 video games. There we go. Uh, that's that's pretty much like my story on life. Yeah, I'm pretty much okay. I'm <laughs> just okay. I'm okay, but at most things. Yeah. Uh, and if you feel like you're okay at most things, write us in and say I'm okay. That's it. <laughs> Please. Just say I'm okay. We care. We'll give a list. At, um, ten episodes from now, we will list off everybody who's been okay. <laughs> uh, thank you so much <laughs> for listening. I'm Michael Esposito. You can find me on at Esposito Film on Twitter. You're a bounty hunter, but maybe not a female. Statistically, probably not, because this podcast skews for men. But if you are a female, write into us and say, I'm a female. And in 20 episodes, we'll tell us how many people were females. Okay. Well, uh, this podcast is for gamer boys and gamer girls. I love it. The gamer boys and the gamer girls. And, and non- this non-binary is, gamers. This has been like... Metroid, and the non-binary gamers are welcome, too. Uh, especially in Metroid. Go Bills. Yep. Go Bills. Bye. <laughs>